so much to get through. I wanted to start, if I could, though, by applauding the children of Sydney and New South Wales for their intelligence. Ingenuity. And ingenuity. They are on fire. Uh, They're sneaking burner phones into schools (laughs) to skirt a device's ban, which is designed to stop them using their mobile phones. Uh, Around 160 schools across the state have implemented the scheme. Uh, which requires students to place their device inside a case, which can only be unlocked uh, by tapping it against a magnetic base. Blah, blah. They thought they had them covered. Nah. The kids are bringing burner phones in. <laughs> They're going to get them eventually. So the sooner it's like, oh, my, my boy's got his first burner phone. I'm so proud. One, one kid took his dad's old Nokia from 1994 and put it in there. Ah, it's like a museum piece. <laughs> yes. Do you remember the first one? Oh. oh. Remember the, the first the, one? The brick. The briefcase. Mm. That <laughs> <laughs> was barely mobile, was it? It needed three people to operate you know, you that. Yeah, physio after you carried it. I was really disappointed when those phones first came in because I didn't have one for many years. I refused to have a mobile phone. So I had to use uh, public phone booths or, you know, phones in pubs. And as they weeded them out, I just had no options, but eventually to get it. But yep. the, the old pub phone, I used to spend a lot of time at the All Nations Hotel in a suburb in Melbourne. And it got to the point where my the phone used to ring and it was for me. <laughs> Mick, it's for you, mate. <laughs> and, and, and I knew I'd gone too far when my mail started arriving there. <laughs> Oh, those were the days, though. <laughs> they were great days. I remember going, spending a lot of time up in the Kimberley. Yep. Uh, well, I love the Kimberley. Go there. I've been there half a dozen times. But there's places up there that have no mobile phone coverage. Oh. So when I take people up there for the first time, they lose their minds. As soon as they get out of mobile coverage, yep. it's like their whole world just disintegrates in front of them. And I remember we eventually travelled back into range. We got to a petrol station and there was a fridge that had a mobile phone in it. Like, you, you pulled up and you opened the fridge door. It was that hot. So you had to open the fridge door and they had a mobile phone. Wow. And I watched three of my friends fight each other oh. for first use of a mobile phone because they hadn't talked to anyone in, in so long. So these kids, uh, do you know, it's a sign of intelligence, really, mm. isn't they it? Be, they, they, they should be, they circumvent yeah. this. They should be given special honours. Three stars. Three, they should get a, an A on their report card just for being smart. If my kids are anything to go by, I can't go anywhere without giving them an iPad or something to play with, or you're cooked. If I want two hours of peace and quiet at the pub yep. or even even a boozy lunch, the kids, get your iPads out. Yep. Otherwise, I'm cooked. That's the way, that, That's unfortunately the state of affairs we, we find ourselves in these days. Most kids who are under you know, 19, 20 are born with a device in their hand, basically. That's right. Well, get used to it. Now. Uh, this opens up the discussion for, as far as I'm concerned, uh, your bad behaviour at school. How yes. are you? How are you smarter than everyone else at school? What did you do? Give us an example of your bad behaviour. I'm guessing you want to start. I, I, I <laughs> wasn't. You, you know what? You would be, you would be very surprised to hear that I was a bit of a model student. Especially, I am surprised. To hear it. I don't quite believe it. Especially in primary school, and then I got to high school, and I, you know, in high school you have three or four uh, joining. Primary schools yeah. that all coming together. So I was I, I was under a, a bit of a, another influence from other people. So one morning I was in year nine, throwing bungers into bins, <laughs> and the the sound it would make was like a, oh, a an explosion, unbelievable. Just as I did one, the principal had arrived at school in his civvies, 
um, after just training somewhere, um, he said, I'll see you in my office at uh, 9.15. So I went straight down and got three cuts of the cane. Oh, I, I, I missed the cane. Oh, bring man. that back if I could. That, that does. It's a deterrent. The belt. I got belted. Yeah, I never got belted. I had a teacher, Mr. Boyd, used to get the meter ruler out, and I'd have to stand at the front and touch my toes. And he would literally, <laughs> he would have a go. A strap, belt, cane. Yep. Those were the days. Oh, yeah. Hey, one triple three five three. let us know what you got up to as a kid. In, in honour of these kids who have now... Learn yep. to use their first burner phone. They'll be really for NASA soon. Coming up on Mick and MG in the morning, we really toe the line when we talk about places in the world that has a very funny name. Like I'm talking really toe the line. So you'll enjoy that. That is off the back of a US man who wanted to go to Sydney, Australia, ended up in Sydney, Montana. We're also going to talk about the older woman that has spoken out about taking Prince Harry's virginity. Lots to enjoy on the way. Uh, what trouble did you get in at school? I had a couple of issues. Uh, I got caught and was got in trouble because uh, I went to a boys' school. Uh, got caught coming off the roof of the Chapel of the Resurrection and I'd re- renamed all the letters to Chapel of the Erection. <laughs> that's now, a bit of fun. Now, it sounds juvenile now, but to oh, fifth formers, oh, oh, oh. that's a round of applause yeah. as you yeah. come down <laughs> off the roof. And also, our school was located right beside a massive highway. So one day I've gone, <laughs> I've gone out and got some witches' hats, and I've rerouted all the traffic from the highway through our school. So there's a little driveway that goes right through our school. So I've I've rerouted it with witches' hats. So all the there's, there's trucks and buses and semi trailers, and I'm sitting in geography class has a cement mixer. Is is beeping its horn out the window, and it's behind a bus tow truck. I think was there. And loads of fun. The be- school was when you look back. School was the best fun we've ever had. Oh, mate, underrated. And that's the type of initiative that allows me to do this job today. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so I was learning. Uh, Chris is on the line. Chris, uh, what did you get up to at school? Good mate. How you going? Yeah, good. Yeah, so back in year 10, uh, early 90s, I had a, uh, a computer class exam, yeah. Yeah, which I had to study for, so I decided to sneak into the classroom at uh, recess, and I took all the mouse balls out of the mouses. Oh, <laughs> uh, so then when, when we came to do the exam, there was nobody could use the mouses, so uh, yeah, the teacher was furious, mate, but I... Uh, and you got away with it? Got away yeah, with it? I ended up going home with about 20 mouse balls in my bag. <laughs> I was going to say, what happened to the mouse balls? Uh, I would have sent them anonymously back to the teacher. Well done, mate. Wayne, uh, what happened to you, mate? Yeah, Mickey, MG, how you going? Hello, Wayno. So, mate, my uh, high school, good country high school, if you got caught fighting, you got caned on one hand. If you were kind of in the circle, you know, fight, 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 inciting the fight. <laughs> You got caned on both hands. <laughs> so, so, uh, so the incitement what? was seen as worse so, than the actual protagonists. That, that's correct. So anyway, behind the toilet block one lunchtime, the principal comes charging around with his cane in his hand, and I just turned to the kid next to me and planted one on his jaw, so I only got caned once and sent back to class. Oh, see, no, again, initiative and smart. Yep. You should have been ducks of your class. He probably was. As far as I'm concerned, Nicole's on the line. Nicole, what did you get up to at school? Hi, guys. Firstly, love you, MG. I'm glad you're on the radio still. Oh, thank you, darling. Um, what, what, nothing um, for me? Was... Oh, sorry. Love you, Mickey. Um, 
<laughs> I can't remember if it was year nine or year ten, but it was in my art class, and my art teacher didn't like what I drew, and because I wasn't a very good drawer, so we got into an argument, and I called him a sea bomb, and and uh, he wanted to get me into all sorts of trouble, but I rallied around and got all the teachers that liked me, and then the teachers said, no, no, she'd never do anything like that, so I completely got away with it. Oh, the teacher sided with you. So the old, she called the teacher the old Emily, sea bomb. <laughs> See me in my office okay. after the... Can, well, with the, with the paddle? With the paddle. Okay, so right. You're going to get paddled. You're going to get... You yesterday paddled me. Well, my knees are sore from no, that wrestle you started yesterday. it yesterday. Oh, wow. I did what I had to do. I know you did. <laughs> Joe, Joe's on the line. Joe, what did you do? Yeah, well... Um... <coughs> Uh, well, clear your throat, mate. <laughs> you had five minutes to do that before we put you to air. What are you doing? Hey, uh, okay, so we had a, a section of the building which had recently constructed. Yeah. So it had a separate fire alarm. Yeah. And Buddy and I, we saw the cheerleaders were going to have practice in the in the band room. Oh, so this, is in yeah. Flo- this is in Florida, was it? No, no, no. no. Yeah. Oh, this is in Kansas. Oh, Kansas. Okay, Close. far away. So, yeah, we we waited for them to get going, and they were listening, playing their music and all that. We w- went over there, and we pulled the fire alarm. Good on you. That's an oldie <laughs> but a goodie, I reckon, <laughs> setting off a fire alarm, which gets you out of class. Oh, yes. It does. It, it burns up a good 10 to 15 minutes yep. while they sort out what happened, and it's a bit of a circuit breaker, especially on exam day. In my... Uh, Science class, we had a science teacher called Mr. Stainer. S-T-A-I-N-E-R, and don't you forget it. Uh, he was really bad. He was really hardcore. But he used to keep his, <laughs> he used to keep his lunch. He'd prepare it every day, and he'd keep it under his desk oh, in a yeah. drawer. Yeah. It was always a salad. And so I went and got an eyedropper full of mercuricone and stained all his lettuce, like blue. <laughs> then hung around just to watch him as he opened the drawer. Oh, good times. Great times. Schools are great times. The other one in the same in discuss. Remember Bunsen burners? Yes. Oh yeah. So yep. you have a Bunsen burner, and I remember going to Jim Smith one day. I said, "Jim, Jim, I don't think my Bunsen burner's working." So he comes over to have a look at it, and I go, "What do you mean?" He goes, "It's not working. Look!" And he puts his head over, and I turn it on, and I've burnt both his eyebrows off. <laughs> Singed, Jimmy, singed all his hair. It was a great day. School was great. School, like when you look back, school was one the best years of your life. Well, you, you know, at the time you, you, don't, you don't think so. But, uh, but you know what Barry Humphreys once said? He was talking about the, the difference between the class clown and the class comic. He said the class clown is the guy who will get out there and streak while the while the first footy team are yep. playing their game. Yep. The class comic is the guy who put him up to it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the subtle difference. Ed's on the line. Ed, what did you get up to at school? Oh, mate, you know, as MG said, um, you know, school was the best days of your life. But, you know, back in my day, um, we had to hand our homework in. And teacher gets to me and says, and what's your excuse for not doing your homework? I said, well, sir, I happened to be watching the news last night. And it didn't look good. I thought they were going to drop the bomb, so I thought, why bother? <laughs> World War Three was happening, could, Eddie. <laughs> could have just gone with dog ate my homework. Yeah, yeah. I dropped it in a puddle. Nah, just had to the go. Bomb. Uh, Armageddon. A ladder is, is the reason, sir. Uh, Craig's on the line. Craig, what are you thinking? What hey, happened to you? Hey, MG, hey, Kat. Um, yeah, we had a, an English teacher at high school that, that wasn't very well liked. 
And my best mate, his dad worked in a commercial kitchen. So he brought in a massive big roll of alfoil on the last day of school and we wrapped every single item in that teacher's classroom, every paper clip, every pen, every pencil, the desk itself, everything. I love it, Craig. Well done. Yeah, we had a teacher like that on muck-up day, Mr. Hodgins, Lance Hodgins, and students didn't like him very much. They used to call him uh, Piggy. So, and he drove a combi van, so one of my mates <laughs> oh. put a tail on the back of the combi van and turned, and turned the, the wheel on the front into a snout, and they, he couldn't get it off, so he had to drive it out of the school grounds, and everyone was laughing there. And Muck Up Day was good. Jason, what did you do on Muck Up Day? Um, at, at Year 12, we used to have a Muck Up Day, and we used to go, and we had permission from the teachers to go out to their properties and take certain items and back at the school and give the money to charities or the local hospital. Wow. Well, well, I can't, I can't imagine where a, this is going. Yeah. Well, Oops. we had a teacher, and Mickey, you'd like this. She was a hotty toddy. And, okay. Um, yep. Yeah, that's the official term mates, for it. Yeah. One of my mates jumped the back fence of her property and stole one of her G-strings off her Okay. Oh, now we were talking <laughs> about like uh, being naughty at school and not committing a sex crime. <laughs> this is bullshit. This story, pardon my language, but this has been floating around for a couple of days, and I'm over it. This is about South Australia. Yeah. So audacious bid to pinch Sydney's New Year's test. What are you thinking? Come on, boys. Are you kidding me? Uh, it's an ambitious new plan, they reckon, because it's always rained out. The Sydney, the Sydney New well, Year's that is test a point. is, that, is yeah. always rained out. I think there's only been, in seven of the last ten, there's been no results because of rain. Wow. Uh, but, Jesus, I mean, this is designed to – you don't poke the bear, do you? I you don't, don't poke I, the big boys. I don't think so. I, 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 Would you consider it? Oh, look, I think we've – obviously, we need a test match here. Maybe we, we – Well, kick, you do. Maybe we kick off the summer here in Sydney. Maybe we kick off instead of Brisbane, we kick it off. And because seven out of ten, that means to me that there's a pattern forming. Yeah, well, there is. Um, a rainy one. But but not Adelaide. Sorry. It hasn't gone down well for those upstarts in Adelaide. Uh, the Premier, uh, Perite, he came out and I think he, uh, he, he put a pin in it. A, a, a five-day washed-out test in Sydney is much better than a five-day test in Adelaide. <laughs> oh, um, I mean, why? Because at the end of it, you spent at the at, at the at, at, at the end of it, you spent five days in Adelaide. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cop. Here we go. Um, if they want to pinch something from New South Wales, yep, let's go I, back. I think New South Wales should pinch something from Adelaide. Yep. What would you want in return for the test? What have they got that interests you? Ah, uh, Barossa oh, Valley. <laughs> going to take the whole Barossa yeah, Valley. Take the Valley. Put a hostile takeover. Yeah. Sorry. What is going to hold the grapes hostage? Are you going to annex? Are you going to annex the whole area? Yep, get in the trucks. You're unbelievable. <laughs> what about the balls, those metal balls in the. In, oh, in, in Rundle. Uh, Rundle in, Mall. In Rundle balls. Mall. Yeah, that's. that's, that's oh, that'd break their hearts. What about some empty barrels? Snowtown. <laughs> I'll they're take no, you. They're not empty, but. I'll take you. <laughs> No, you can't. What about what about the crazy horse? Oh, oh. Shannon, Nolsey. What happened there? Got oh, Shannon Noll didn't get in. Yeah, got into a bit of froth and bubble. My favourite story from uh, the crazy horse right, was they were having a uh, some kind of Miss Nude Australia competition, I believe. Yes, yeah, so was wasn't there allegedly, or was it, it wasn't there? Uh, but anyway, one of the and so all the the nude entrants had to do like a special 
yeah, you know, like yeah, the, yeah. Uh, entertainment Audition. section, you know, where you show off your special skills and someone's come out doing like some fire twirling. The joints caught fire. You have never seen firemen turn up quicker <laughs> in your life. There were eight fire trucks outside the crazy ones. And one candle going off. And about, <laughs> and about 20 blokes all hanging around. One was probably a fireman stripper. Who knows? He probably was. Uh, what about Coopers? They, they, now, yeah. they love Coopers. That's their brewery. Not a bad beer. Not a bad beer. We could take that yeah. in exchange for... What it now? This is a good one. What about so the Adelaide has the one of the best fringe festivals, comedy festivals in the world, and it's always it's, it always made me laugh because I've been over there to perform, but it, they also have like the Clipsal Five Hundred on at the same time. Oh, so you've got, so talk, you've got oh. these really arty farty people walking around who want to go and see fringe events, and then guys in Ford and Holden jackets. And you've never seen two parts of a crowd. Cat, you're an Adelaide girl. Well, I spent four years there. Oh, wow. And that is the only fun month in Adelaide is Fringe. It's Fringe because that's what you do. And you go over there for the Fringe and you go, oh, this is what Adelaide's like all the time. You go back out of it. Tumbleweeds. It's not great. Yeah, so I've been there a few times. It's it's not the place I'd settle. Put it that way. Stay in your lane, South Australia. Get your beady eyes off Sydney's test. Back off. There'll be trouble. Uh, there's a story that came across my desk and it's making me laugh. I don't know why. Uh, <laughs> a New York man heading off on a dream holiday to Sydney, Australia to take a cruise got the shock of his life when he looked out the plane window to see snow-capped mountains rather than the golden sands of Bondi Beach. Uh-huh. Here he says, I quote, I saw a mountaintop covered in white snow. At that point, I knew I was in trouble. <laughs> Kingsley Burnett, 62, told local TV channel, after he realised he'd booked and caught a flight to the tiny Montana city of Sydney oh. rather than the Australian city. That is a big faux pas on your travel. Yeah. You couldn't have got it worse. So he's done his cruising. He's done his Australian once-in-a-lifetime holiday. <laughs> he's sitting on a mountain in, in Montana. Montana. <laughs> they spelt Sydney wrong. So it's Sydney is S-Y-D, of course, and Sydney, Montana is S-I-D. It's confusing. It's a real long way from each other, Sydney and, and Montana. This bloke's, you know. He's, well, he's just got was the he, name was he, was he, he said, drunk? Sydney, I want to go to Sydney. Was he drunk? So that's, well, possibly. <laughs> but that's why you need a name that's <laughs> for a town that's unique yes. and a one-off. Yes. That way. We can make sure this never happens again. You know, you have your Sydney that Sydney this. There'll be five Sydneys in the world, yeah. and someone's going to make the mistake. But That's if right. you've got a a name like Bum Pass Virginia. Oh. I swear that's a true point. I stop You like that one, Kat? I love it. Bum Pass. Intercourse, Pennsylvania. Yes. Now, if you're booking a holiday to Intercourse, Pennsylvania, you're going to have fun. You're not going to go. Oh no, I've booked the wrong Intercourse. I'm I'm at Intercourse. <laughs> Holland. You'll quickly know that being in Sydney now, there's a great place where I played junior rugby league for this club for one season mm. and spent my younger years at the RSL. It's called Rooty Hill. Mm. <laughs> and you know, every time we hear that in Melbourne, we still snigger. I'm sure you're over it up here. Rooty Hill. But down there, um, there's a place called Fucking in, oh, in Austria. I'm sorry, that's the name of the town. Okay, wait there. Someone's just walking. Oh, she's my got, God. She's got a name. Is what? that too late? Yeah, <laughs> that's way too late. Hey, hang on. Fuck you. Ah, what? Then they, oh, hi. Welcome aboard, Tush. 
Uh, we're telling you the name of the town. We're yeah. not mucking around. Um, I, I'm not mucking around too, and I tell you, I'd like to go to Gobbler's Knob <laughs> in... Uh, Who's Gobbler? In, in Pennsylvania. I'm, I'm, in, you know what? On our trip there... Where are you going? Stop, Where are you let's, stopping let's off? Let's stop at Muff in Ireland. <laughs> okay. No, as, see, too rough. No, Muff too tough. As long as on the way back, can we just drop in and see some friends in Dildo, Canada? Yes. Okay, doing, again, doing, people, doing, doing, these doing. are real names. Well, you no, know, Tash. Give us your name. Welcome aboard, Tash. Miss, you miss. stayed somewhere. Where did you miss stay? Innocent. This could be a career ender. Watch this. Here we go. And look at the joy on both of your pl- yeah. uh, faces. We can't okay, wait. I, I don't know what am I allowed yes, to say. Yes, you're allowed to say it because it's the name of a place. It's liberating. I'm really excited. Yeah. I went to New Zealand. Yep. Yes. And I went to Fuck a Papa. Oh! <laughs> And yeah, but where'd you stay? <laughs> Hello. Fozzie's <laughs> 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 nothing. Okay. Oh, you just call him Papa. I told you we'd drag you down to our <laughs> level eventually. And so I, 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 I did be honest, I think you like it. So I didn't believe it, and I went into the petrol station and said to the guy, excuse me, the way that you sp- spell this town is W-H-A-K-A-P-A-P-A. Can you tell me what it is? And he said, yeah, darling, let's fuck a Papa. <laughs> I'm going to isolate that, and that's going to be my ringtone. <laughs> that's going to be Tarsi say like a papa. Oh, we better get out of here. <laughs> we may have caused a bit of a scene around the station. I think Again, uh, there's what, what, programming directors. Why do we each time we do a show, the lawyers turn up here? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but they're fogging up the glass. <laughs> Stop bashing you lot. Lock that door. Well, no, we innocently were reading out some of the most ridiculous name places in the world. We started with Rudy Hills, all because the bloke went to the wrong Sydney. That's right. Who was saying if you if you did go to a place with an original name, it wouldn't happen. So you're not going to confuse Bum Pass Virginia or Intercourse Pennsylvania with anything, are you? No, you're not. Now where did you get stuck again, Tash? Where'd you get stuck? Yeah, quick. You can... Glenn's listening. In New Zealand. Whereabouts? Ski Village. Where, where, what's it called? Fucka Fafa. Nick, you're throwing me under a really big well, bus. Well, you got I said we'd drag you down to <laughs> our level eventually. Well, at least I didn't make you say Gobbler's Knob, Pennsylvania. <laughs> or Iron Knob in Queensland. Iron Knob? Yeah. Oh, that sounds... That's a good... Iron Knob. Sounds like a superhero. Oh, my God, we're in trouble. Call Iron Knob. <laughs> hey... What? Hey, you know what we should do? I know it's a real place, but I'm, no. I'm, 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 well, I'm calling that one. No. Steve from Patstow, we can't, mate. We, we can't, can't do that. <laughs> I tell you what, though, but we should offer we should offer like prizes to these places. One lucky prize winner day could win a trip to Twat, Scotland. Oh yes. <laughs> MG, where are you getting this from? MG, I'm red flagging that one too. You're out. You're out. Okay. Like, is I'm that a real sim- one? I'm in the symbian. Is that a real one? Yeah. Oh, Jesus. No, no, we can't do that. But we might send one lucky listener to Middle Fart, Denmark. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going there. <laughs> I'm going to wank them in Germany. <laughs> you know, oh, part of me wants to move to Middle Fart. Part of me, can someone get me, what are the house, what's the housing market like in Middle Fart? Oh. And while yeah. you're there, can you check out Teddy Hill, England? <laughs> Make sure you send your twins to that that university in Japan. No, I won't. <laughs> no, I'd rather send them to Two Mile Bottom. <laughs> hey, listen, enough. Grow up. Sorry, you had to be part of that. <sighs> Tash. Yes, Tash loved it. Oh, look at her. It you're, was liberating. Your glasses are fogging up. <laughs> oh. MG, big sports report coming up soon. You're going to...
give us your tips. Who's on the rise? Who's on the way down? Uh, fascinating. We'll get to that in just a minute. But for some of our other listeners, it could be time to lift this lid on the seedy antics of everything going on at MAFS. Cut. Yeah. We, we go, you, you begged me. You said, I please, not. please, <laughs> can, I, can, can I? I watch MAFS and report on it? Because it's what I want to do. <laughs> Growing up as a young girl, <laughs> that was my ambition. <laughs> Is to get involved somehow. Yeah, was that no? If I'm once a wife, no, no. It's it, to the contrary. I said it is such rubbish, and I haven't watched it in years. But now I am on. Board. Uh, I bet you are. So I made you watch it yep. to report on it because I knew it would annoy you. <laughs> and now you're saying you're actually hooked. This is what you. What's do, going right? on? Tell me so what's going on. Last night was a first dinner party, and this is where it gets good. Oh, this is where all the stuff they comes. All out. and they all meet together for the first time last night. So okay. the girls have never met the guys. Guys have never met the girls. There's two couples that was t- pretty much took up the whole episode. So tell me before we go any further, were some of the contestants, when they saw the other males and females, they go, oh, oh, he's not bad or she's not bad. They're all hot. So okay. they're, they're, this <laughs> season right. they're all hot. Okay. Like one of them looks like he's carved from marble. Yeah, probably, um, probably is. But yeah, this there's two like couples. Hotter than the- say the lads in this studio. Yes. I mean, oh, put them on a scale. Like we're here, right here. A bit rude, wasn't yeah, it? Gee, oh, oh, sitting there. Look at you. you got the best seat in the house. I don't. You're sitting oh, here mate. looking I... at two Adonises. It is honestly like I'm on the Greek okay. Islands every one of, day. One of us own a pub. One of us own a gym. Tell which one is which. It's like, it's like Danny DeVito in Twins. It's like the two of us. Put it this way. Different. You two should visit each other's venues. That's All right. With pleasure. <laughs> Get on with it. <laughs> Very rude, by the way. No, that was sharp from me. Okay. What anyway, you, so what's happening? So there's a couple called Bronte and Harrison. Harrison is dubious and he's turned out to be a bit of a villain this season. Okay. So... At I don't the, like him. Anyone, at, anyone with a last name as a first name, you've got to watch. Exactly. So before they went on the experiment, I'll, I'll let him do the work here because he was questioned heavily last night. A girl I was seeing who knew I was doing this basically sent one of Bronte's friends who was attending the wedding a message about the fact that we'd been seeing each other and essentially lied that we were going to continue a relationship on the outside while I was in here. No, I feel like her intentions were five minutes of fame yeah. based on uh, bringing a scandal to our wedding. You told her, like, we're off? She knew what I was doing. Yeah, but did you cut it off with her? You know, I... <laughs> That's a no. That's, That's a, a big zero. zero. That's a big fat no. I know guy talk. <laughs> I can speak five different dialects of guy talk. (laughs) That is, no, you did not. No. I guarantee you, mate. (laughs) So I'm looking forward to this development because at Uh, some stage (laughs) they're going to bring her on. They're going to bring her on. Yeah, for Uh, sure. We're going to have this out. All right, who else? else Okay, there's another couple, um, Jesse and Claire. Are they hot? Uh, they're all hot. As I said, they're all hot. They all look like you blokes. So is, so is Sunday night the big night? Is that where they have all the parties? Yes. So yes. watch Sunday. Yeah, okay. So um, this couple in particular, Jesse is the one that got the icks about everything. So he's a bit of a villain as well. They've tried to be harmonious before they've gone into this dinner party. Yeah. This is what Jesse said. I don't think there's any other way I can put it than quite bluntly, which is I don't chase girls. So they've rocked up separately to the dinner party yeah. in different cabs. A big, a big sting, musical sting. Yeah, yeah. Sean Kosky at the end. <laughs> do, do, do. Can we have some of those when we're talking? Yes. Can you give me 
<laughs> moments. Okay. So he's a dick too, is he? He's a bit of a dick. And then they said, look, why are you guys not getting along? And this is what, what he said. And I think the first point for me where I knew that I'm about to enter challenging territory here when we were in the yeah. airport about to jump on the plane. And we were in a, we were in a bookstore. We were making jokes about the books. Don't it worry great. about the joke. It was funny. Mm, mm. And I noticed that Claire as far as I'm concerned, was talking pretty loudly. And I said, let's... Shush. Can you shush? Then we went onto the plane and we were having a great conversation. It was going fine. And I, I just knew the, the row in front, the row behind, and probably two rows in front and the second row behind, there is no way that they could not hear what Claire was saying. Claire's just, a, she's a loud person. He shushed her. <laughs> yeah, he, he should he, probably shush too. <laughs> Is that a no-no? Yeah. Just tell me, girls don't like being shushed? We hate being shushed or being told we're hysterical. All right, calm down. (laughs) Calm down, (laughs) would you? Wow. Easy. My blood is boiling already. (laughs) Come on, Kat. Come on, Kat. It is Mick and MG in the morning. (laughs) Don't interrupt me. That's better. (laughs) Gaia, he's jumping over his head. What a try. Big Mark Gaia towering over him. MG Sport Report. Yeah, and this is the uh, the education of uh, of NRL for Mickey. Uh, Mick's obviously a, a Melbourne boy with uh, AFL roots. He loves his his Richmond Tigers. But each week on the show, we're going to do some a uh, little bit of educating of Mick. For those that don't know, Mick was actually born in Canberra and followed the Manly Seagulls at the first Man, time. Manly Warringah at the time, and Manly and and the eastern suburbs were the big sides. Yeah, uh, at that stage, it was like Arthur Beetson oh. and Bobby Fulton. So that's middle to late seventies. So middle to late seventies. Then I moved to Melbourne, and it was all over. Yeah. You just can't. No. It's just a religion down there. Well, today I'm going to look at a couple of teams that I think might slide down the Fire ladder. Away. And I'm going to go with a couple of teams that I think will go up the ladder. Let's start with the uh, the sliders. I think um, last year this team, um, and I speak of the Gold Coast Titans, they finished 13th. They've uh, they've gained Kieran Foran, who will have experience, Sam Barrels as well, um, and Aaron Shoup from Canterbury, who's a good player, but they've lost a lot of experience. I think their coach is under the pump from, from the opening whistle, and I think the Gold Coast Titans may get the wooden Struggle. spoon. Wow. Wooden spoon. That's it. Kiss of death. Yep. Hey, um, I'll get off them. The Parramatta Eels had a fantastic season last year, finishing fourth, making the grand final against the Par- uh, Pan- Penrith Panthers. I think they played their grand final the week before against the Cowboys, but uh, they've lost near Cora. Papa Leahy, Ray Stone, uh, Oregon Kafusi, Reed Marnie's a massive loss. Hayes Perham, Tom Opacek. They have gained Josh Hodgson from Canberra, um, obviously on the back of a couple of ACL injuries, and, and Jermaine Hopgood, who I think might be the buyer of the season for yep. Penrith. But I think they'll look, they'll make the eight, but I think it's going to be around sixth or seventh or eighth. All right, big call. Who's on the way up? Who do we need to look out well, for? Well, the, the two. The two buzz teams of this offseason have been the West Tigers and the Canterbury Bulldogs. And I think, justifiably, I think last year the, the Tigers finished last on 16th. They won't finish last this year. I think they'll finish around 10th or 11th. They've got some great buys. Um, and the Doggies who, look, Cameron Serraldo, fantastic buy um, as a coach. Reed Marnie, uh, Kikau, Ryan Sutton from Canberra. Um, Josh Reynolds in a, in a capacity to, to pump the boys up. I think the Dogs are going to make the top eight this year and finish around seventh or eighth. And I think the Tigers will finish around 10th or 11th. Well, they've got a lot of your boys. It's the, the, the Canterbury Panthers. The Canterbury them. Panthers, <laughs> as you uh, casually refer to them around the office, there it is. If you're having a punt, 
Uh, get on those. Taking more of a serious tone now. Hey, th- this is not good, what is unfolding in Turkey uh, as we speak. There's an incredible death toll that's rising uh, as we speak. We probably should get our head around it. And uh, Natasha Belling joins us in the studio. Uh, for anyone getting out of bed or hearing this for the first time, what can you tell us? We've got some breaking news this morning on the latest stats. They think, unfortunately, the WHO has just put out a message on social media. They fear the death toll now from these two massive earthquakes could actually go as high as 20,000. That was just breaking a couple of minutes ago. Officially, the death toll is at 3,000 at the moment. There were two massive earthquakes. One hit at about 4.17 a.m. in the morning, which was a magnitude of 7.8. The second one hit nine hours later, which was around lunchtime in Turkey and Syria. There have been two massive earthquakes, huge number of aftershocks. Um, the situation is unfolding as we go to air. There is a desperate search for any survivors. Um, is there any Australians involved that we know of? Or At this stage, the Department of Foreign Affairs says there are no Australians that have been uh, officially listed as a casualty at this stage, but there are thousands of people injured and trapped under the rubble. President, uh, the Turkish President uh, Erdogan released a statement a short time ago and this translation is thanks to the ABC. We do not know how far the number of dead and injured will rise as debris removal works continue in many buildings in the quake zone. Our hope is that we will recover from this disaster with the least loss of life. And they're saying it's the biggest in 100 years. Um, Absolutely. It's huge. It's massive. And also, apparently right now, the rescue effort is being hampered because of the freezing conditions. Wow. It's a massive blizzard ripping through. A number of airports in both Turkey and Syria have been deemed inoperable because of the bad weather. So that's providing big problems with getting aid to where they need it. Okay. Well, we'll keep one eye on that. That's a a terrible story. And uh, hearts go out to everyone uh, over there. New to Sydney Breakfast, it's Mick and MG in the morning. Anything you've missed, catch up on the Listener app or anywhere you get podcasts. Now, Mickey, you know the uh, most famous NFL player of all time? Tom Brady. Tom Brady. That's Unbelievable. I've seen him live. Um, I've been to two Super Bowls. Oh, wow. Yeah. I went to, uh, I picked the cities I want to go to. Of course. So San Francisco and New York. Um, How good is New York? Oh, man. So in, when we went to New York, uh, we – and they know how to do big things. They had a whole hot, like, route from the city of Manhattan to the uh, City Life Oval. I think it was City – whatever the, the, the stadium. Metway or something? Metway or yeah. is it something? Yeah, I can't quite recall. But I, I was like the president of the United States of America because it was all roped off and only media could go there. And I was driving there was, with no traffic. Wow. And we didn't stop once. And and you know what it is? It was the same route as the Sopranos. It looked like the Sopranos <laughs> opening <laughs> titles because you you see all that stuff as you're going. Um, he's retired. Yeah, well, um, he's made his retirement, but this is where it gets kind of a little bit creepy because the Florida beach um, where he made his exact retirement spot, um, someone's picked up the sand that he was standing on, and it's on eBay now. Listen for listen to this: one hundred and forty-four thousand dollars. Uh, for a piece of sand, or a bid for one of two samples taken from Tom ba- Tom Brady's exact retirement spot that was on February 1st, 2023. Where he made this speech. Good morning, guys. Uh, I'll get to the point right away. I'm retiring for good. I know the process uh, was a pretty big deal last time, so when I woke up this morning, I figured I'd just press record and let you guys know first. So uh, I won't be long-winded. 
think you only get one super emotional retirement essay and I used mine up last year. So uh, really thank you guys so much to every single one of you. Thank you guys for allowing me to live my absolute dream. I wouldn't change a thing. Love you all. Yeah, maybe he would have retired a year earlier. I think so. Could have kept his Brazilian hottie. Yeah. Well, he's, and, he's talk, and he's talking a little bit of Mexican, calling everyone essays. Essay. <laughs> um, the bidding war for this bottle of sand, Mickey. This bottle of sand he was standing on, is that right? Well, it started, uh, the initial listing was 978 Australian dollars, but then the the movement past that was, it just went bang. Now, $144,000 it's listed for, some sand that he stood on. Uh, that's... Someone's going to do their dough on that. Is there money in this? Is there? We should get cracking. What do you got? What do you got up your sleeve? Well, maybe we should uh, auction off the grass where Michael Clark and Carlos yes. went toe to toe. What do we get a? You get some money for that. Uh, what about the square of carpet? Yep. From the no, nightclub oh, oh. where Latrell oh, and yes. well, where they were wrestling. Yep. Yep. Anything else? I thought you were going to say the square of carpet. Monica Lewinsky was on. Oh. <laughs> I wasn't, but <laughs> I pay fair pay pay good cash for that. Can someone let's put in a bid? Lance Armstrong's testicle. What about his testicle? The one that was the one that's gone missing. Do you know what? That's the worst sport. If you've only got one knack, yeah, because you've got to get around the whole time in bicycle shorts, so you can see it. You're going, Jesus! He's got I want to do it. Want to do a stock take down there, pal? (laughs) You have to put a Malteser in or something. Just, just. (laughs) Okay, I think we're done. Yeah, we can. (laughs) We can go. (laughs) New to Sydney breakfast, Mick and MG in the morning on Triple M. And we've been joined live in the studio by. (laughs) Did I just frighten you? Seemed to jump. Jumpy, who uh, Melbourne Bachman from Channel Seven hey, joins us. Hey, 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 Mel, guys. thanks for swinging by. What a pleasure! You were late. Where were you? Um, I'd like to thank the good people at the taxis and Ubers who <laughs> just lied to me profusely for a long time. Well, don't be late tonight because you are the designated driver and host of Front Bar. Uh, for the big episode. You're filling in for Andy Maher, which yep. is not the greatest. So don't ever put that on your resume. I, I used well. to fill in for Andy Maher. That's, <laughs> you're so well accomplished in so many things, but it would be great to have you back because you did it last year. Thank you. Um, no, it's terrifying. And Andy Maher is a, I, I, well, I don't want to say legend too often, but he, he's up there, isn't he? Come on. He's uh, He is up there and has been for about 80 years now. I think his <laughs> current age is 96. Looks good uh, for his age then. Yeah, Looks great for his age. He does. But Mick, the problem I had last time was I was just... Uh, I sat back a bit laughing at you and Sam, a bit just enjoying the show. And then 80, the, our producer would key on, lovely, tolerant yes. man going, wrap it up, throw the brake, throw the brake. But I was just, like, <laughs> just enjoying and how to you, watch that. How do you find Sam? Showbiz asshole? <laughs> is that a fair, is that a fair description? What I, what I call that is a stitch up. I've been let in. You he said to me, this. you felt uncomfortable. By some of the language he was using around you. Oh, I should have had our last couple of breaks in. His behaviour in the green room was crossing the line. Do you know what? It, it was borderline creepy, but mostly just stand off. <laughs> I don't know why. 
Hey, we will get on to some topical stuff in a minute, but I just want to talk about Wednesday night's show because a absolute Australian iconic hero is we're going to be talking to, David Boone. How oh, excited are you for that? So, ex- Who wouldn't be? And is he not the coolest kid going around? He just doesn't get involved, doesn't give too much away, and he's no. just got the stories. And every you go, obviously, when you see him at the, you know, any cricket ground, everybody loves him. He should be on the five dollar note. There's all this, you know what I mean. He should be yeah. on one side of the five dollar note. You would have grown up oh, being I've, a fan. Of... I've, I've met him a few times actually, Booney. Yeah. And, and and what you see is what you get. It's he's a very time. quiet man. He's, yeah. And every time he he doesn't speak for the sake of speaking. He's when he talks, he he's very authoritarian. And I. I, I I love the guy. Now he's, he goes all around the world as a, a match day referee. He, he's absolutely overqualified. One of the great cookie <laughs> dusters in Australian sport. Oh, One mate. of the great moustaches. Yeah. Uh, there, John Bertrand. Check. Uh, Dennis Lilly. Yep, check. Merv Hughes. Yep. John Newcomb. John, John Newcomb. <laughs> Magnum. <laughs> um, Magnum. So will you do something? You know how last week with Bertram on your show, you did like a the, the best mo's in sport. Will yes. you do something with Booney, like the biggest drinkers? Or... Do you know what? And this is, we've talked about this. We're probably not even going to mention it because this one thing, he's had such a great long and varied career and he's brilliant. And I think at, he's not Very... embarrassed by it. But it's a shame that that's the story yeah, yeah. that keeps coming up every time you talk about a bona fide cricketing legend. So I don't know, unless yeah. you're going to get into it. Well, it wasn't top of my agenda, but, you know, let, let's see it, where he did, he did break a pretty big record. <laughs> yeah, he certainly did. We could see how many you could drink during the course of the show. <laughs> that's a good one, the Furfies. <laughs> I tried to break Booney's record. How'd you go? Well, I was on the Sydney to Melbourne flight, so I was, <laughs> you I was got, you got pushing off. it uphill. <laughs> hey, on the eve of a... Uh, new, well, test series against India. The bowlers are, are dropping like flies. Mm. This, this is a factor, right? Yeah. It's a big factor. Well, I just really feel for Josh Hazelwood yeah. again, who's missing out again. And he's just, he's a great guy. And we know what a great bowler he is. Yeah. But how frustrating must that be for him to be dealing with yet another injury? It's what, Achilles this time around. Yeah. Mitch Stark's out with his finger for at least a test or two. Mm. Um, Green is green. Green's out too, is, yeah. he, is he not? I, so think he might be back for, I think he might be back. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, mean, I think he could be back. And I, I wouldn't mind seeing big, uh, the big Lance Morris have a yes. unleash the beast. There was so much talk about him, JL, um, before... We were talking about him. He was um, the smoky for him to be, be sort of called up for the next test. That was in Perth. Yeah. Um, but I want to see Scotty Bolin as well. Oh, yeah. People's yeah. champ. Scotty Bolin. He's a lovely yeah. human. Isn't um, he? Yeah, he's a lovely and just, yeah, very shy, softly spoken. Um, but when he unleashes I, his deliveries. I had, did not enjoy one bit <laughs> that third morning at the MCG when he took, was it six wickets? Oh, six uh, or two or something. It was outrageous. Terrible, wasn't it? Well, it was. And I'll tell you why. Because I was in the CUB box, right? And mm. it was the third day of the test. And we'd set up to have yeah, a, have a cracking day. day. <laughs> it was all over in the first session. And they came round and said, uh, everyone out in half an hour. Oh. I went, thanks a lot, bowling, <laughs> you <laughs> asshole. And so that was it. And, and literally, we we just held that. Superbox in a siege situation until about four o'clock. <laughs> That's fair enough. But Mick, I was in isolation at the Pullman Hotel. No, wherever I was in isolation in Melbourne with COVID, just listening. I could hear the, oh, the you could hear watching it. on TV going, oh, great. Great. <laughs> so we've all suffered, okay? We were both doing it tough. We were both in tough conditions. Congratulations on the BBL. Is, is this the most successful season ever? 
Um, well, in terms of ratings, I know Seven's really excited. Um, but, you know, we all are anyway as cricket fans because yeah. there was a real buzz this year. We've seen it in years gone by. Uh, maybe it dropped off a little bit. There was, you know, obviously COVID and crowds. You know, yeah, hard to or, get to. Yeah, for many different factors. Um, but it was very excited, exciting to be around and some amazing finishes, which is what you want to see, and, and the standard um, to match. And, uh, yeah, the crowds are there. The excitement was there. and, and well, that Who's this time. kid they're all talking about? Who's um, this Cooper Connolly. What's his story? From WA, yeah. He's got a mullet and a bowl haircut (laughs) combined. That's what you need to know. You had me at mullet. (laughs) Yeah. But he's a kid and he he, he, he went to town, right? That's right. And that's what, when he came out, a lot of people went, how is he going to be up to this? As in, it was a furnace, wasn't it? The environment and everything. It was amazing. And the heat were in the box seat. Um, obviously he did what he did because once um, Ashton Turner went out, I know everyone was thinking, or got out, everyone was thinking what's going to happen now. A full-time accountant at the other end, Nick Hobson. Yeah. This will be interesting. But he was unbelievable. He was only batted twice. For and the 10 runs off the last over. That's and right. It was a, it was a fantastic. A hey, before we let you go, Manchester City, can you just, for anyone, I'm a bit unaware of what's, what's going, going on here. Can you fill it in for dummies? So what you need to know is um, Sergio Aguero, when he scored late in 2012, um, just snatching my team, Manchester oh, United's go. title, um, it shouldn't have happened. He was cheating. Are you saying they were yeah. cheating? <laughs> but I'm sure that's probably not what you. And what is it? Salary cap? Is it? it fine. Yeah. Um, it, it's a massive story. We'll see what happens there because in the in the nine years that they're talking about, they won three titles, a couple of FA Cup titles, League Cups as well. Uh, it's to do with financial disclosure. They found 115 what they're saying of breaches or charges. They haven't been found guilty. It's all been sort of dropped uh, now. So we'll. They're also saying, the city are saying, oh, we're surprised that this have, this has happened. <laughs> Push it! Yeah, and, and a, a lot of the other big clubs have been pushing hard for this. So the Premier League needs to make a big statement. But, you know, they have to prove that this has gone on um, to do with, you know, disclosing the full manager's fee, players as well, contracts. It, it could be huge. Well, make a big statement. What's that? Strip of titles or? Titles, um, fines, um, yeah, po- points deduction. We, we, yeah, it, it, they'll have to make the biggest statement we've seen. All right, stand by. Watch that space. I'll see you tomorrow night at 8.30. On, is it 8.30 or 9? I don't know. 9.30. 8.30? Oh, oh, 30. 30. Oh, you'll told me that. Anyway. 8.30, so I'll be <laughs> there on time. <laughs> uh, on Channel 7 uh, with David Boone. Yes. Mick Malloy, MG in the morning.